Hi, my name is Jed Yurchenko, and welcome to the Family Virtues Podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Family of Virtues Podcast. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our listeners from all over the world who are tuning into these podcasts week in, week out from over 20 different countries now. Your support and encouragement is invaluable to us. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. For more information, please head to familyofvirtues.com slash rate. That's familyofvirtues.com slash rate. And lastly, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Family of Virtues podcast once again. We are really, really fortunate to have our guest with us today, Jed Jurchenko. Jed is the husband to an incredible wife. He's a dad to four amazing girls and a foster dad to one more. He's worked as a children's pastor, is a marriage and family therapist, a psychology professor, a writing coach, and author. Jed has published over 20 books and enjoys helping others elevate their life. In his free time, you'll find Jed reading, preparing for an upcoming marathon, barbecuing, paddleboarding, and enjoying life with his incredible family. And you can find out more about Jed on iThrive320.com. I'll put that link in the, in the, in the show notes um, as well. On a side note, Jed, you've written a book as well uh, called Joyfully Married and a Gratitude Journal. And that's the reason why we're focusing on gratitude today. So firstly, Jed, welcome to the show. Richard, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I've got to tell you, I am excited about today. You know, I've been a part of a lot of podcasts, speaking on a lot of different topics, most often relationships. But for me, yeah. to be able to dive into the topic of gratitude is huge for two reasons. One, because it's one of those areas that I'm very passionate about and that I mm -hmm. love helping people grow in. But two, mm. it's an area of growth myself. So this isn't kind of one of those things where I'm coming on as one of those expert speakers who can say, hey, just follow these three easy steps and your life will be perfect just like mine. Or, you know, follow yeah, these absolutely. steps and you'll have this gratitude thing down. Um, I am very yeah. much on the journey and found that yeah. a lot of times I intellectually know, man, I should be grateful. I need to be grateful. And I think yeah. most of us probably have that attitude where we know gratitude is an important virtue. But I know for me, the challenging part is, okay, now I've got to apply it. Absolutely. And you've got this whole plethora of activities that you've been involved in. I mean, that's, that's quite a bit. I acknowledge you for being really balanced as well, because it's not just um, you know, it's not just the academic side, it's not just the social side, but you've also got the sporty side. So you're, you're living a very balanced life and modeling that for your children, which, which, uh, which I find fascinating. It's great. Well, I love it. And that's, that's something I'm striving to do. And I'll say I haven't arrived yet, but I love that yeah. you brought in the word balance to our conversation already, because I think that's key. That's one of the things that I'm passionate about because it really is something I'm trying to find myself. Uh, one thing I notice is our world is getting busier and busier and busier. Yes. And I think yes. whatever job you're at, there's more of a focus on productivity than there's ever been before. Absolutely. And so there's this mindset of, man, I've got to go faster. I've got to do more. I've got to work harder. And now we've got all this new technology, really, so that the only, I would say, limitation to our work is our own physical human limitations. I mean, the only mm -hmm. reason I have to stop working is because there reaches a time where my brain just shuts off and it won't go anymore. Yeah. But what I'm seeing yeah. is this huge influx of people who look happy, they look healthy, they look yeah. successful. Yeah. But on the inside, they're just dying a little bit every day. Yeah. And I've heard a couple different yeah. terms, you know, to describe it. I've heard people describe it as just a slow sinking in quicksand. Yeah. Michael Hyatt uses a term, you know, being like a bad amateur plate spinner. You're just going from one plate mm. to the next to the next, trying to keep everything going. But knowing yeah, at yeah. some point, just the whole facade is going to come crashing down. Yeah. And then the other one is just hearing people describe it as, man, I feel like I've got to swim from one end of the Pacific Ocean to the other, and I've got to do it tonight. Yeah. And so yeah. with all of this rush, 
I think this is where gratitude comes into play because in many ways it's kind of that lost virtue or this lost art where we're always looking ahead and trying to get to the next thing versus being still and present and grateful in the moment. And I know that's an area I'm trying to grow in. Um, So that's one of the reasons I'm so thrilled to be here today. And then thanks for your cue as well. So I've got the gratitude uh, card in front of me and to all our listeners, you know this already week in, week out. Um, these cards are available from virtuesproject.com uh, or you can download the app called Virtues Cards on Google Play and iOS um, stores as well. So gratitude. Gratitude is a constant attitude of thankfulness and appreciation for life as it unfolds. Living in the moment, we are open to abundance around us and within us. We express appreciation freely. We contemplate the richness of our life. We feast on beauty. We notice small graces and are thankful for daily gifts. In life's trials, we seek to understand, to accept, and to learn. Gratitude is the essence of genuine happiness. It is a virtue we can never have too much of. Gratitude is a continual celebration of life. Hmm. Really wonderful words. It, it, it makes you think, it makes you reflect. And I wanted to bring you in, Jed, and, and I guess ask you, how do you reflect with those words? So how does that resonate with you? Yeah, I love that. Richard, just as you were reading that, mm. you know, I felt my body and my mind slow down. Mm. And for me, it was just such a good reminder to, again, be present. I know for me that that can be the struggle, especially with five kids. There's a lot of hustle and bustle (laughs) going on in the house. And sometimes to really focus, I've got to find ways to tune out the world. Yes. Now for me, just a simple thing, which when you read that, I picture myself early in the morning. I love waking up before everybody else gets up. Me too. Yeah. Coffee is my favorite. And now that winter is coming in Minnesota, I'll go down to our half basement, turn on the fire, and just sip my cup of coffee and just enjoy that moment. Absolutely. It made me think of that, of the be present, appreciate what you have. Yeah. And so often it is those little things. But for me, that picture came in my mind of, wow, I've got so much. Yeah. I've just got to take that deep breath pause, be present in that moment, and truly enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you were speaking about, you know, things earlier about how people are extremely stressed and challenged, uh, you know, with with, with the pressures that the world presents. And with COVID as well, it's a period of heightened sensitivity. Um, You know, you've got people losing jobs, you have, um, you know, people who aren't really financially secure. You've got people who are basically encroaching into each other's spaces a lot more than otherwise, you know, they would have been under under usual circumstances. So there's so much tension going on. Even before this whole thing struck, people were living like a rat race. You know, this 24 hours a day was simply not enough. And technology and push notifications and all of that kind of stuff. I'll tell you very honestly, even when I was um, responsible with building a campus, a new campus for the school, one of the first things that I had to do after a while, I was going through a lot of anxiety, was because of the notifications. Mm. Obviously, a lot of things were going to go wrong. You know, Nothing's going to be perfect. A lot of things are going to go wrong. But every single time I was getting a message on my phone, I already, before picked it up, I could already sense that my heart was racing. I could already sense that what's now, what's this, what's next? And and one of the greatest features that technology has presented to me is do not disturb. I just absolutely love it. I like it that I don't have any notifications coming through from a certain time in the evening until eight o'clock in the morning. And when I pick up my phone, that's when I'll attend to it. And there was one individual that told me something And I'm really grateful to him. He said that, don't worry, Richard, we are adults. We'll end up taking care of ourselves. Mm. And, And I feel, and I really, really felt that because a lot of us, when we are in a position of responsibility, 
We feel like as if we need to be there to rescue. We need to be there to solve the problem. You know, it's, it's going to be a big mess if we don't attend to it at that time. But really, everybody can, within their own uh, means, solve their problems. And, and, and maybe you can come in a little later. So that pausing thing that you were speaking about, that being present, I feel a lot of us are in a position where we feel we need to be there to solve a problem before it gets bigger. At least that's my reflection. I don't know about you. Yeah, you know, as you were talking and you talked about social media and yeah, I'm starting to dive in just to a little bit of the research and, you know, realizing apps like Facebook, Twitter, um, all the social media apps, which I love and I use. But I heard somebody say, you know, when it comes to apps like that, if you're not buying anything, if there's no product, chances are you're the product. Yes. And it made me realize, oh, you know, these apps are clamoring for my attention so that they can go to the advertisers and say, hey, look, we've got Jed. Jed's on Facebook, you know, two hours a day. Do you want to buy time so that we can show your ad to Jed? And so they're constantly trying to say, hey, how long can we get Jed onto our Facebook app? But of course, that pulls me out of the moment. And that's going to be in direct opposition to gratitude. You know, I can't enjoy my coffee. I can't enjoy my fireplace, my living right where I'm at when my mind's off in some other digital virtual world. And so I really see that tying into gratitude, you know, whether it's a work project that can continually get a hold of you um, or just social media, um, anything that's going to pull you out of the moment, I think is going to take away those gratitude opportunities and gratitude moments. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, I, I agree. I, I, I guess somehow that, that whole rescuing thing that I spoke about before as well, not every single decision is that million dollar decision. Mm. You know, I, I often had to ask myself with all the stuff that, that people end up worrying about, how much of it would have actually changed had you not dealt with it at that time? You know, I, I, I don't want to take away emergencies. I don't want to take away, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a business owner and something's on fire, quite literally, then of course you need to deal with it at that time. But how much of an email from a disgruntled employee that keeps you worried sick and you wanting to respond to that at that time, how much of it would change if maybe you didn't and, and you spoke about it after two to three hours? And quite often what, what happens is that you get another email back because they've ended up thinking about it. They've ended up reflecting. And you'll say, you know what, I sent this to you, but now in hindsight, I could have did it. And I started realizing that a lot of that happened if I just gave it time. And sometimes you just need to give things time. And I know we are digressing from gratitude here a little bit, but um, being present and being mindful and being able to enjoy that moment has a lot to do with not reacting to situations, being able to tune off um, from those situations. And, uh, and I think that, that really goes a long way, that every single moment is not that million-dollar decision. It's not a make-or-break thing every single time. And the more we sit and reflect on it, that gratitude then comes. What do I actually have? Instead of worrying about it, but what do I actually have? Absolutely. Well, And, you know, I see this conversation really talking about that foundation of gratitude. This gratitude is mm. a lot easier when I myself am centered, when I'm in the right space. You know, when you read mm. that gratitude card at the beginning of the program, you slowed down. Your voice got a little <laughs> bit deeper. There was a pause. There was a margin. There was time to reflect. And as you read each statement, I thought, yeah. I'm thankful for that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I do have it good. I think there are so many opportunities out there to be grateful, to show gratitude. But man, if we're busy, if we're distracted, if we're rushing from one thing to the next to the next, those moments are gone. So I think you're really nailing it right now when you're saying, hey, it starts with that mindfulness. It starts just with getting our bodies, our minds, our souls in a place where we can be grateful. Absolutely. So 
let's let's speak about families now. We spoke earlier about how stressful this time can be, right? Uh, looking at you know employment, children being at home, all of us being at home, and what have you. So, firstly, what have you heard? Uh, what are the things that you're hearing about what families are facing at the moment? You know, what what are the challenges that they're facing? And why do you see this or the practice of gratitude as being important at this very moment in time? Great questions. When I talk to other families, I hear two distinct opinions about COVID. You know, there's a mm. few people, a small minority who say, man, there's been so many good things that have come out of this time. You know, yeah. a lot of pain, a lot of suffering and hurt. We never want to discount sure. any of that. But they would say, for our family, it's caused us to slow down. We're together more. Yeah. We're enjoying this time together. Then for other families, I'd say probably for the majority, there's more relationship tension. There's obviously there's more stress and that's coming into the marriage, into the relationship with the kids, just into the home in general. And everybody's on edge. You know, there's a worry. There's a fear. Um, Here in the United States, um, a lot of racial tensions, um, presidential elections coming up, very polarized elections, which, again, is causing that stress to rise. And so that's all adding to the tension. So I know in our home, mm-hmm. those are things that we're trying to um, combat and really working hard to instill gratitude into our kids. Can I share something that we're doing that seems to be working? Yeah, please, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wish I could take credit for this, but this goes to my amazing wife, Jenny. She's the mastermind behind yeah. And it's so simple. Um, but she said, Jed, in the morning, here's what we're going to do. Six o'clock, yeah. the alarm goes off. everybody comes upstairs for breakfast. As we sit down at breakfast, everyone's just going to share three things they're grateful for. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Super easy. But here's the cool thing. One, as a dad, I'm finding out what my kids are excited about every day. I'm learning new things about them. And that's a lot of fun. Two, you know, this is a tense year. And we're really instilling that quality in ourselves and in our kids that no matter mm. how bad things get, there's always, always, always something to be grateful for. The trick is yep. to find it. And some days it's big yeah. and there's exciting stuff and, you know, kids are bouncing in their, in their seats and can't wait. And some days it's simple. It's, man, I'm excited. I'm grateful the sun's shining. Yes. I'm grateful for a good, strong cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful we're all healthy and reasonably happy. And so we're learning no matter what day it is, whether it's an exciting day, an ordinary day, or even if it's just been a rougher week, to yeah. look closely and really seek out those things that we can be grateful for. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. What you spoke about first was that, that reset. I think a lot of families are, are going through that reset at the moment. You know, it is a time of introspection. Um, I think everybody would do themselves some good if they think about what their life was going to be post-COVID. Mm. What do we need to inherit from our former life, if you like? And what do we need to let go of? And I think that's a really important discussion. My wife and I have been having these discussions, you know, almost every day. Um, instead of just looking at the numbers... We're looking at how suddenly there's this realization that the things that we thought mattered to us really don't end up mattering so much because we have been able to show or demonstrate how well we are without it. So we start to think about what is the next chapter going to look like? Because a lot of parents are at this point, you know, between the ages of 40, 50 with young children, you're already thinking, what is the next chapter? This is my part two. And we have received an opportunity, unlike any other in generations before or after, to be able to have this global reset. And why do I call it a global reset? Because everyone's on the same page. It's not like as if there is this FOMO stuff going on, you know, this fear of missing out, that all your friends are on a cruise and suddenly you're sitting here in introspection. Everybody's at the same pace. So you've actually got an opportunity now to sit back and think, how am I going to come out of this? So I think that's really, really important. And that that whole gratitude stuff that he spoke of with the children, I do that with my son as well. And 
I do it before we sleep at night. Love that. And and the only one piece of advice that I'll give to parents is not to put our projections on what we think they're supposed to be grateful for on them. Mm. So sometimes, you know, Ray, he'll say, God, thank you so much for giving me the idea of building that rocket. And tomorrow I'm going to add some other materials and thank you for allowing me to buy these materials. It's it's just what he's really excited about. And it's not that he speaks about his rocket every day, but I feel like quite often what we can do is, no, it's about the food on the table. It's about the roof on our head. You know, we've got to allow the kids to be kids and allow them to just practice being thankful. And that's okay if it's the rocket. I love that. Hey, Richard, <laughs> I had this book and I thought I had to pull it out because I bought it for please, a friend please, go ahead. years ago when I was in high school and got it for him as a gift and um, rebought it recently just because it's a cool object lesson. Now I realize if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but Richard, I've got to show it to you. So it's called 14,000 things to be happy about. Wow. No excuses there, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so here's the cool thing. This is literally somebody's gratitude list. Yeah. And so Barbara, Barbara Ann Kiefer, who wrote this book, um, she tells her story just in the beginning of how she started this list when she was in sixth grade. Wow. Yeah, and just started keeping track of simple things that she was thankful for. And yeah. I keep this on my desk now because for me, this is a symbol of extreme gratitude. I mean, if you look at this, that is some yeah. pages. And this is, this is just the beginning. So she says now, you know, 10 years have passed since I've written, she's written this. She said her list is up to 145,000 unique things. <laughs> and as you were talking and saying, man, don't limit gratitude. Don't limit your, it made yeah. me think of this because, you know, I'll occasionally open it up and I'm just going to open up, up at random if it's okay. Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. And let me find just I'm curious. Yeah, two or three things because it's it's fascinating. So she wrote in there, mm. thankful for sea salt caramel gelato, <laughs> blue daisies, <laughs> learning the zebra is white with black stripes. I didn't know that. Zebra is white with black stripes, not black with white. Not black. But just simple little things that it sounds like she must come across during her day. It's like, oh, this sea salt Caramel gelato is really good. Okay, going in the gratitude list. But for me, when I see this, it really is inspiring because I think, man, this is like, this is the Michael Jordan of gratitude. I mean, you yes. know, you think of your hero or the best of the best of the best. I went out to create a gratitude list once and I thought, man, I'm going to create this blog post. I'm going to call it 101 thing I, things I'm thankful for. Yeah. This is going to be great. You know, I sped through the first 10 got to 50. By the time I hit 75, I'm racking my brain and I'm thinking, man, how am I ever going to hit 101? And I did it like barely. And then I see this and I find out that this book is 10% of what she's got. And I'm like, wow, here I am. You know, I'm not even in the minor leagues yet. There's so much more to be done. Yeah. And so your story hit home because I think kids are are there like they start off with this creativity and wow i'm thankful for everything so i love what you Absolutely. said i i need to foster that in myself where hey you're thankful for the blue daisy today yes be thankful for the blue daisy that's perfect yeah 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 i think so I, you, you when you spoke about the zebras i suddenly remembered a story from my childhood before before i was leaving indonesia to go overseas to study um, we, you, the, a lot of, a lot of the education system used to be very traditional. My God, some of the things still are, uh, even in 2020. But in math, we would have had to memorize things and, um, uh, we would memorize and learn by repetition, right? So two times two is equal to da, 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 da. And we just go through the whole list and just make sure that we remember it, right? No calculators or whatever. So. We would always, the, the teacher would have these uh, equations listed on the board. And we, so let's say the two times table, just as an example, two times two is equal to two, two times three is equal to six, two times four is equal to eight. And we would just say that the whole time. And one day, 
The teacher decided to, instead of the equal sign, she actually spelt it out, is equal to. And in grade five was the first time that I realized that that was three separate words. Is equal to. For the entire time, I thought that those two horizontal lines was called is equal to. <laughs> I-Z-Z-I-K-W-A-L-T-O-O or something like that, you know? I mean, there are weird names like, you know, semicolon, apostrophe. So I just thought that was is equal to. And I was so thankful that before I went to another country that I actually knew that that's is equal to. And... That's, that's, I guess what I'm saying is that the mind of a child, it's a given that they're taken care of. It's a given that we're the parents, that yes, we are providing them shelter, we're providing them with food on the table, we're providing them with all of that stuff. It's a given. It's our job. It's our responsibility. So they have the opportunity at this time, you know, to be thankful for a lot of things that are really, you know, tangible and what means to them in their lives. You know, it doesn't always have to be the food on the table or the shelter. Um, it can be all, all these things. It can be blue daisies. It can be caramel gelato. It can be, thank God I came to know that those were three words and not just some kind of symbol. <laughs> you know, so I just thought I'd share that with you because um, the zebras took me all the way back to when I was 10 years old. <laughs> Which I love that story because it really is those small things. And I think sometimes we don't get stuff. And then when we do, it's just, man, I'm so grateful for that. Mm. I remember when mm. my oldest, who's now 13, um, when she was born. And all of these dads would, older dads, you know, dads with gray in their goatees like I have now. And, you know, they would yeah. say, Chad, enjoy this time now because it goes by quick. And I would yeah. roll my eyes and think, yeah, 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 that's what dads are supposed to say. And um, even in my mind, I was thinking, okay, it goes by quick, but where's the fast forward button? When's she going to walk? Like, that'd be so fun when she was. You want to speed it up yeah. when you're younger? Yeah. But here I am now with a 13-year-old and more gray. <laughs> and every time one of my friends has a new baby, I'm like. Jude, enjoy the time now. This it goes by quick, and they <laughs> roll their eyes, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know you don't get it now, but 15 years from now, you'll understand, and you'll be saying the exact same thing." And so that's a that's a that's a problem with with gratitude because parents will always tell their children, "Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful." You know, we didn't have it easy, or there's a lot of challenges that are going to come your way. Don't complain about homework. Life's going to get tough. Be thankful. But, you know, unless, I, I guess what's difficult is unless we are in that state mm. of life. And, and with children, this is especially important as to why uh, I, I always refrain from a lot of, you know, philosophy, making sure that there's a lot of philosophy, you know, in their lives when they're not ready for it. I try and abstain from it. I, I think there are moments in the day which is really important. Like before you eat your food or before you go to sleep at night, you know, it's, it's always nice to say thank you, you know, God for, for, for whatever. But, um, I think it's really important that they need to be ready for it to have that maturity or that understanding. Because like what you said, as an early dad, you didn't understand what you understand now. So how is a five-year-old going to understand what a 15-year-old or 25 or 35-year-old is supposed to understand and be thankful for? It's very different, right? It grows with time. Absolutely. Well, you know, as you talk about that, and I hear you saying those words, I think back and I'm like, that's almost freeing. Because instead of trying to get my kids to get this lesson, instead of trying to help them understand something that their child childhood brains may not be able to grasp. Mm. You know, for me, that's framed just to say, hey, I don't have to help them get this now. I didn't get it when I was their age. Maybe they don't have to get it either. And instead, we can just say, yeah. hey, thankful for, you know, God, thank you for this moment right here where they are kids and they're at the stage that they're at and they're having fun Absolutely. and they're enjoying life and they're getting the lessons that they're supposed to get. 
And thank you that when they're a little bit older, they're going to get those lessons too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for my play date. I'm thankful for, I'm thankful that I got to play with my friends today. Those are really typical, you know, that, that, that would come out at this age. And, and, and that's great. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we don't model. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we can model it. They may not repeat it. What They may not repeat what we say. They may not do the whole spiritual stuff that we do, but they see and they listen. And, and that's what I want to get to as well with, with all of this stuff that's challenging at the moment, especially with couples and, and their relationships. Firstly, how do we help ourselves? Because kids are watching. And depending on what impressions we set on them right now, they've got impressionable minds. That is going to make a very big difference about their abilities to be able to sustain relationships in the future. And we know with time that's getting more and more challenging compared to where we were 20, 30 years ago to where we are now. So it is not only, it is going to get more challenging in 20 years for them, but now they're actually seeing how we are reacting to problems in our lives. So shed some light on that, please, with, with all the experiences that you're having speaking to people as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I love geeking out on the research. And again, I really do think you nailed it when you said for our kids, we're going to model this. And as far as relationships go, gratitude is such a great place to start. You know, start mm. with just that simple gratitude list for your spouse. But you guys are married for a reason, mm. right? There's something that brought the two yeah. of you together. And so yeah. even if it's just like... I do wake up early in the morning and you grab that cup of coffee and you sit by the fireplace and you reflect. Just start, whether it's praying silently, whether it's speaking it out loud, journaling, just writing down things that you're grateful for. Because gratitude changes us. And that's really, if you're looking to impact your home, if you're looking to impact your marriage, you know, starting with yourself. When I start with me, that's always the best place to start. I have this phrase I love that says, be the thermostat and not the thermometer. In Minnesota, you know, it gets cold out, thermometer drops. Summer comes, thermometer goes right back up. Great thing about our house is we've got a thermostat. It's 70 degrees all the time. Way well below (laughs) zero outside. That's all right. 70 degrees inside. You know, it is 90 degrees in the summer, 70 degrees inside because the thermostat sets the temperature. And that's what we want to do. We want to be the one who sets the temperature in our home. I heard this phrase, there's two kinds of people, those who generate energy and those who consume energy. Be somebody who generates energy. And that starts with gratitude. And since I love geeking out on the research, can I share just a little bit about how this works? Yes, please. Awesome. So I first heard this idea in Dale Carnegie's book, and um, I got to give credit to my mom for this. This is... My first copy, my first copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. You can still barely see on the side the title. I've read it that many times. I've got five or six different color highlighters going through this. But one chapter, the key principle, whole entire chapter is summed up in one word. Smile. Yes. The whole point is, man, when you smile, it affects your body. So we're biopsychosocial beings. It's a fancy way of saying we're like spaghetti. Everything intertwines into everything else. You know, our biology, our physical bodies are tied to our psychology, our thoughts, and those intertwine with our human relationships. And so, man, Uh if I don't feel happy, but I force myself to smile, it's a trigger where my body says, all right, mind, now it's time to start tapping into those happier thoughts. Yes. I start to think a little bit happier, I start to feel a little Mm -hmm. bit happier. Now, here's the other thing. If Mm -hmm. I smile at somebody, there's a good chance they're going to smile back. And that's going to trigger again, kind of this two-way upward spiral. And that's thanks to this thing called mirror neurons in our brain that basically fire when we perform an act and when we see somebody else doing the act. And so if you doubt those existent, the existence of mirror neurons, here's the experiment. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Next time a baby smiles at you, try not to smile back. I dare you. (laughs) That smile is going to be there so quick. You're going to be like, oh, man, it got me. You can't do it, right? I mean, a little kid comes up and just gives that big grin. 
it's almost like you have to smile back. Absolutely. And so same thing in our homes and in our families is that idea that one person can be that catalyst for change. That's one right. person can be that thermostat and not the thermometer. You know, it's just as simple as smiling, greeting your wife with a positive attitude, greeting your kids with a positive attitude, slowly but surely the temperature in that home is going to go up. Yeah. Does that make sense? I love it. I, I just love the entire analogy. I, and, and, I, and, and I think it's really important that we place a responsibility on ourselves first. You know, we, we cannot change other people, even if it's our own wife, even if it's our own children, you know, or I, even if it's a wife trying to change a husband the other way around. It's not possible. But whoever we are, we need to look at ourselves first. And if we are able to influence things for the better, influence the positive, automatically, everybody's going to rise to, to the occasion. Everyone's going to rise to that, to that event, you know. And, and I can understand that it's not easy. It, it depends on the relationship dynamics, right? It's not easy for me um, to suddenly, you know, speak to my wife if, we, if we've never had these kind of conversations before. Let's sit down and, and, and we're going to write down things that we're grateful for, Right. Depending on your relationship dynamics, <laughs> you know, a lot of things can happen post that question or post that statement, right? But if we start practicing it ourselves, if we start being happy ourselves, if we start having those kind of conversations, you know, I'm really thankful for, um, even if you don't get a response back, it starts triggering slowly that um, there is another way to look at this. There's another way to look at things, you know. I think do things without expectation first. Um, is really, really important because it helps yourself, right? You put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you end up helping other people. So think that whatever efforts you're placing to smile, to do all of these things, to make all of these statements is first helping yourself. And once you can serve yourself, then only can you serve others. Absolutely. Mm. In fact, it ties into just another psychology principle I love. It's called the compound effect. Mm. It's really about how tiny actions build on one another mm -hmm. and grow and really kind of hit a tipping point where there's what we call exponential growth. Yep. And so what you were describing was perfect where you would say, man, I don't know that I want to sit down with my wife tomorrow and say, hey, honey, let's come up with, you know, 100 things we're grateful for. Yeah. Because that conversation could go just about anywhere. You know, the whole idea of this compound effect is, man, it's going to start small. Yeah. And then we're going to build and build. So another thing that I keep on my desk is growing up, my dad had redwood trees. Mm -hmm. um, planted one for each of his kids. Um, so one when I was born, one when my brother was born, and one when my little sister was born. Mm -hmm. And they grew to become the tallest trees in his yard. Wow. And um, they would drop these teeny tiny seeds. That's like, man, those massive trees start from those teeny tiny seeds. Yeah. Now, I grew up in San Diego, which wasn't too far away from the redwood forest where, man, those trees are massive. I mean, they literally carve out tunnels in the trees and you can drive your car right through. Right. And so I saw this place online and I'm like, man, they'll send you a redwood seed. I want one of those for my desk. Now, I thought it was going to be, you know, like a decent sized seed because that was what, what was on my dad's trees. Yeah. But it turns out what they did is they said, hey, we're mailing these out. Yeah. Um, best thing to do is to break them down to that smallest, smallest seed that you can plant in the ground. And that's what we're going to send. So ready, I'm going to show you what they sent to me. I had to glue it to a popsicle stick. It is that small. Oh, goodness. It looks like about the size of an oat. Yeah. But this is one of those giant sequoia redwood trees where they say, man, if you plant this, you know, in a place where it can grow. Yeah. Years from now, it's going to turn into one of those massive That's trees. Now, I keep that on my desk as just a reminder. Those little actions add up. Absolutely. Teeny tiny seed, a little bit of water, a little bit of sunlight little bit of time every single day it's going to grow absolutely so this whole idea of man we don't have to reach this point where we're sitting down practicing gratitude together praying together fully united tomorrow yeah that might be too much that might be overwhelming yeah but here's the thing could you come up with three things you're grateful for tomorrow and start there yeah, yeah. do that for a week yeah. then maybe introduce it to your family say hey guys i've done this for a week yeah 
and I'm getting a lot out of it. Would you do this with me at the breakfast table? Let's try it for a week as an experiment. Yeah. You know, at breakfast, we're just all going to share three things we're thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes well. And then maybe it's afterwards approaching our spouse and say, hey, it's breakfasting. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah what if we do it together? What if we have a time where we come together and thank God just for all the great things he's given us? Yeah. But that whole idea of starting small and letting it compound over time. Does yeah. that make sense? It, it does make sense. And, and, and I, I encourage parents to do it. I encourage parents to be steadfast when you see discouraging um, attitudes from the family. Because it's very typical. It's very typical of a child. It's very typical of a teenager. Oh, this is boring. The eye rolling. Why do we need to do this again? I encourage be steadfast. Be the model. And, and keep going. Because... There is a lot of benefit that's hidden behind that facade, right? A lot of children grow up trying to be this tough guy and, um, mm. and they're not prepared to be vulnerable. And if you have just started being vulnerable in front of them, it's going to take them time. So be steadfast and you have to pierce through that. There will be a point in time where will you break through that period. Uh, so my, my advice to parents is not to be discouraged if you feel like as if you're, you're getting, you know, some, some uh, negativity from the experience. Keep going and trust the process. I love that. Mm. Just not getting, um, not giving up after that first pushback. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we've discussed so much already. We've, we've looked at virtues. We've looked at couples. We've looked at, you know, rituals and you know, praying and being thankful and things like that with, with families, which, which I think is really, really important, especially during this time. It's a really important message. And like what I said earlier, a generation will pass and families will not get an opportunity to bond like what we can do now. So it's, it's, it's basically up to us. How are we going to come out of this? You know, which is, which is really, really important. We've got the, the practice of gratitude on the flip side of that card as well, Jed. I wonder if you'd like to um, read through those statements for me. Richard, I would be absolutely honored. And just as you were talking right now, it hit me how, you know, you're even modeling exactly what we're talking about right now when you're saying, hey, this is an opportunity, Excellent. opportunity to reset, opportunity for families that come together. Yes. And I just love that mindset and that acted gratitude right there. So with that, let me dive into this card. It says this, the practice of gratitude. I am grateful for my life. I perceive the blessings in each moment. I continually express appreciation. I reflect on the good things of life. I find value in my tests. I celebrate abundance. I am happy. Mm. What, are, what are some of the statements that speak out to you? For me, what I love is the, I find value in my tests. Mm. Not the easy one. And probably for me on that personal level, the time when I'm least likely to be grateful. Mm. But then looking back, Time after time after time, myself, Jenny, and I will point to those hard times and say, man, that is when we grew. Yeah. You know, that challenge was what caused the two of us to come together quickly. We're a blended family. And um, one thing about blended families is a lot of times means extra challenges, extra problems, more cooks in the kitchen, more opinions. And... Jenny points to those early years in our marriage, and she said, whew, there were times I felt overwhelmed. I was yeah. like, yep, I felt overwhelmed right there with you. Yeah. She said, Chad, we learned to work together quickly because we had to. We were either going to learn to work, work together quickly or everything was going to crumble. Yeah. And she says, I'm looking back, and now I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And so for me, that one hits me as, yep. I'm grateful for the challenges. As you're talking about COVID, I think there's going to be a lot of families who look back and say, that was hard. Yeah. That was tough. We did it. And I'm grateful for the challenges. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm picking the same one. I find value in my tests. Um, 
and also the one above that I reflect on the good things of life. Because when you are going through challenges or when you are going through your tests, I think it takes, it definitely serves us well if we take a moment, take a couple of steps back and think what's going good, what's going well. Because when a challenge is in front of us, a lot of us think, and you know, even children, I mean, sometimes when they're breaking down, we sound or we may be very dismissive of what they're going through because we think that's so small, you've still got your whole life to live. But when you're companioning a child and you really allow the child to speak out what they're truly feeling without judgment, like a parent being detached and just be, you know, being ha having that receptive silence, you'll realize that their challenges are, are, are really challenges for them at their level. Um, so it is at that time that we need to think about what's going well, not to be dismissive of the challenge. You know, it may seem small to you, even between, even in relationships, you know, even between spouses, something that may really be challenging for me may not be so challenging for, for my wife and the other way around. Mm. I don't understand why some things affect her more than, more than me or, or, or vice versa, but to be understanding to be receptive of that and also to maybe reflect on what's going well and sometimes when we think about that when we see the bigger picture about the blessings that we have then this seems the individual will end up realizing that this may be quite minute compared to the rest rather than us telling them that right so I think taking a step back and reflecting on all the good things that have happened um, is, is really really important yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, that's the way I would look at it. You you had written something as well, uh, Jed. Before we end, I wanted you to talk about it. You had written a book for couples. I think you ended up telling me that. Yeah. So I wrote a gratitude journal for couples, and again, very simple and easy. Um, it's called Our Gratitude Adventures, mm -hmm. and I love this idea of gratitude being an adventure yeah kind of ties in with your kids where hey let's enjoy the journey and see where this takes us um, but it gives one page for 90 days that the couple shares mm -hmm. and there's just five slots five slots for him five slots for her just to write what you're grateful for and for couples who are busy caught up in the hustle and bustle of life maybe don't have time to sit down consistently together or ones who say, maybe we're not even ready for that quite yet. Mm. Gives you room to write your answers down. Yeah. You don't have to verbalize them out loud, but you can look and say, hey, this is what my wife's grateful for. Yeah, yeah. And what I've noticed is there really is a momentum building. You know, when other people are grateful, yeah. it reminds me of, oh, that's right. I can be grateful for that too. Then each day ends with a conversation starter, just a simple question about gratitude that couples can say, hey, now let's talk a little bit more about gratitude and let's share and let's dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. I like to call them questions that foster intimacy. I define it into me, see. Mm -hmm. So really the idea of peering into your loved one's inner world. Mm -hmm. um, so it's called Our Gratitude Adventures and um, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I can see, I can see how valuable that would be because... It helps channel the conversation, you know, into a very positive direction. Um, it's very similar to these virtues cards as well. I mean, um, for, for a lot of our listeners, if they have access to the cards, because we've been speaking about it for weeks, just picking a card out and reading. Uh, Jed and I ended up speaking for now, what, almost 45, 50 minutes, just based on what one card says. So I feel that things like these cards or like the gratitude journal uh, that you're suggesting are gratitude adventures. Those allow us to channel our minds into a more positive direction, to be reflective of our lives and to celebrate what's good in our lives um, instead of always wallowing and discussing and, um, you know, the, the, the challenges that basically we're facing all the time. Um, we, we speak about what, what we can celebrate, which, is, which I think is really important. And it allows the kids to see that. 
it allows the kids to see that. So when they're growing up and they're facing problems, whether it's relationship problems, whether it's problems with their friends, whether it's in uni, whether it's they've chosen the wrong degree or they feel like a failure and all of that kind of stuff, how are they going to pivot? And mm -hmm. um, the only way they can actually pivot is when they actually see or it's been modeled that even when challenges happen within our own families, it never bogged mom or dad down. And also we acknowledge our children for when they actually do pivot, we acknowledge them, you know, for their determination, their resilience, their perseverance. Um, and, and, and they can actually feel that, yes, I actually have these things in me, you know, which is, which is really important. Um, Jed, there's an affirmation at the end, so I'm going to read that and you can uh, feel free to repeat after me. I am thankful for the gift of gratitude. I'm thankful for the gift of gratitude. It is the magnet of my joy. It is the magnet of my joy. Thank you, Jed. Thank you so much for the conversation that we've had. I can safely say it's one of the most lighthearted conversations I've had throughout my journey in this podcast. It's been very chilled, very relaxed. And, um, and it's probably the aura that you bring, you know, with, with, with your perceptiveness and your wisdom and all the experiences that you've shared as well. I, I want to acknowledge you for being very open-minded um, and, and sharing all your experiences, your challenges and everything with us. I think those personal anecdotes really help listeners and myself to resonate with you, to connect with you and hopefully be able to affect our lives positively as well on, on a personal level. So really appreciate everything that you've done. Um, and, and, and also for sharing with us on this podcast. Richard, thank you for having me on the show. I've got to say it's been an honor and I'm sure thankful for you too as well, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll put all your information down, you know, the, the book and your website um, and all the books that you referred to, Dale Carnegie's book as well as I edit it. I'll put all of this stuff down in the show notes as well for people to refer to as well if they're interested. And of course, with Family of Virtues, you know where to find us, familyofvirtues.com, or we're on Instagram and Facebook at Family of Virtues. So feel free to connect with us, send us your feedback, comments, suggestions, anything, always open. Until next time, may God bless us all. Thank you. <laughs>